I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I'd like to take his his face off. Oh, no, not the beat! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. And welcome back to Cage Old Question, where we ask, is Nicolas Cage the greatest actor alive? I'm Artoon, and this is my wife-to-be, Christina. Hello. And on this podcast, we watch the entire film catalog of Nicolas Cage in chronological order, working our way through 40 years of cinema. As a disclaimer, this is a personal podcast, not affiliated with any third parties, and the opinions expressed herein are strictly our own. For today's episode, we are reviewing the 1995 film Leaving Las Vegas. The film is based on the novel by John O'Brien. The screenplay is written by Mike Figgis and is also directed by Mike Figgis. And as a note, I guess before we get started, the author of the novel, John O'Brien, killed himself two weeks after this went into production at the age of 33. I thought it was two months before it went into production. I've seen two weeks is what I've seen what? from my sources. Oh, sorry. I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> I thought maybe you were wrong and I wanted to correct. But Well, no, I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate being fact-checked. Yeah. Um, a little about the film. Yeah. Uh, ben Sanderson, played by Nicolas Cage, is an alcoholic Hollywood screenwriter who But also, lost... sorry, rest in peace to John O'Brien. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I, sorry. But he, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. No! <laughs> <laughs> the plot. Mm. Ben Sanderson, Nicolas Cage... Uh, is an alcoholic Hollywood screenwriter who lost everything because of his drinking, and he arrives in Las Vegas to drink himself to death. There, he meets and forms an uneasy friendship uh, with what would then be known as a prostitute, now known as a sex worker, Sarah. That's S-E-R-A, Sarah, played by Elizabeth Shue. And that is Leaving Las Vegas. We got a couple of sponsors for today's video. Steen, why don't you today's take a Today's video? For today's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're not on the video yet, but who knows? There's a time when maybe we're doing some video podcasting. So quick to cover your own slip Look, up, or do You're like, oh, I always meant to. Christina's out to get me today, what I feel. The? <laughs> Our sponsor, Marcus Hunter, wants you to know Richard Jenkins, who appeared in It Could Happen to You as a divorce attorney also appears in the Coen Brothers' Intolerable Cruelty as a divorce attorney. Wow. Coincidence. Yes. Yes. Artun, will you say a word about Anushella? Anushella is a wonderful Armenian-Lebanese-inspired restaurant in Boston, uh, if you're just listening in. Otherwise, you've heard this ad many times. Uh, and I'd say go there. You can have breakfast. You can have lunch. You can have dinner. <gasps> There's something for every time of day. There's coffee. There's drinks. Whatever you want Drinks. is at Onuchella. I think you can get a glass of wine there. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm saying you can have a good time. That's Go great. to Onuchella. That's wonderful. I don't think they have a liquor license, so don't <gasps> expect to go get a margarita. Oh, oh. But you can get a glass of wine, maybe a beer. Very nice. All right. Well, so now we'll go ahead and... And so this... Did you... I'm sorry. I already mentioned that Nicolas Cage wins an Oscar I haven't, but yes, everyone. So, so that's... I I anticipate some people might be like, oh, I want to watch this movie to see the... To win the Oscar. Pause now. Otherwise... <coughs> spoilers ahead. Arjun, spoil it for us. What did you think of this movie? Wow. I've got to say, I was impressed. This felt like an artsy-fartsy film from the 90s. Um, that I wouldn't say is my favorite movie, nor would I say is my favorite Nicolas Cage performance, but I would say overall a fantastic film with a fantastic performance, if that makes sense. The words all made sense together. Yeah, I could understand what you were saying. I don't know if I would watch this movie again the same way I would watch Raising Arizona again. Of course. (laughs) But I can still admire that I'm like, oh, they really made a very good movie here. Mm. And Nicolas Cage is turning in a fantastic performance, but I don't think it's the most fun performance, if that makes sense. It does make sense, Arjun. I understand you. It's <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Christina's out to get me today. <laughs> You're just saying like very simple concepts in this Simple thing. concepts? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> God. Call me Simple Jack from now on. <laughs> okay. Well, what did you think of the movie? 
I was let down. I think I had my hopes too high. I was like, this is going to be the Oscar movie. Like, I was I was excited to see it. And then I was like, oh, boring. <laughs> it is a touch boring. But it's because it's like, um, well, here's it, it. What it is, is it's you're watching a man spiral through drinking, getting ready to die, basically. I'm wondering if... I'm like, was this like, there wasn't, I feel oversaturated with the alcoholic man spiraling the drain story. Mm-hmm. And and when I was reading some contemporaneous reviews, mostly Roger Ebert, it seemed like it was like, wow, groundbreaking to see this portrayal or something. And mm-hmm. I was like, maybe, maybe it felt fresher at the time. Maybe a little bit. But it feels very tired to me. Yeah. What other? What would you say is like the oversaturation? Like, what kinds of content are you watching now? That's like a lot of like. Well, boozing. flaked is it's pretty much Will Arnett has yeah. cornered the market on that's lovable true. alcoholic, yeah. like just waiting to die, mm-hmm. and and I, and I've gotten a, I watched flaked, which I was like, but BoJack is very much in that. But BoJack's it's also, very much. In I that. I don't have a list off the top of my head, but sure. I'm sh- I feel like I could very quickly go through, like, the. Mm-hmm. I think. I think you're right that in 95, it was not groundbreaking. There had been plenty of, like, men drinking themselves. I think my issue with this film is that it's, like, the contemporaneous reviews seem to be like, ah, very bold, very, very new, like, wow, very modern. And the the line in the Cage interview with Roger Ebert that's sort of, like, solidifies my sense of like well this isn't a this isn't like a feminist movie this isn't necessarily something i'm feeling at home at as a modern woman is that uh cage says to roger ebert if it wasn't for this character's drinking he wouldn't have found what i consider to be true love he would have put her in the same judgmental box that all other men do which is that she's a hooker and not to be taken seriously with the drink he sees her for what she truly is a person with a fairly decent heart. And I'm like, so you need the drink to like get over the line of the sex work and see her as a person. And I just felt like the like jealousy did start to come through a little bit. Jealousy? In terms of what? In terms of him being jealous of her sleeping <clears throat> with other people or having sex with other people. Like I feel I felt like he was getting kind of bitter about it, but maybe that was maybe it, I was the character. that in. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think so. I thought he seemed more or less very much okay with it. The whole time, even through the end? I thought he was getting kinda of bitter about it at the end, but but am mm-hmm. I I don't know. I felt really hard to, to figure out what his like motives were because of mm-hmm. how much he would swing mm-hmm. from like his when he was sober, it like when he would essentially sober up after drinking, he was so untethered and shaky and scary mm-hmm. that like there were times maybe then when he was just like being aggressive mm-hmm. towards her. Okay. But I'm more like that's because he's not drinking and yeah, he's yeah, so yeah. dysfunctional. He's just then. feeling aggro. Yeah. Okay. All right. But yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, I think in our own lifetimes the discourse on sex workers have changed mm-hmm. dramatically, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like, even, I think, like, like 10 years ago, both of us would have been like, ah, hookers and the red light <gasps> no! district. Yes, no! Yes, yes, yes. No, 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 no. I was you a child always... raised on Moulin Rouge. I've always been like, You've always ah, been? sex workers are artists, too. And they, they... Always? Oh! You've never been like, ah, prostitutes. <gasps> I don't think so. I definitely. Like, oh, I definitely used to be I like that. I thought you were gonna like bring out receipts on me. No, I don't I have like, receipts. No, I, don't I really receipts. don't think so. Okay. My goodness. Well, you've always been a woke bloke. I don't know if I've always been yeah. a woke bloke, but I've always. <laughs> I just told you my childhood was spent watching Moulin Rouge. So yeah, but very, one Moulin Rouge but does saying, all sex workers. I'm just saying that I had a, I had a, like a, I had the magical fantasy coding I over. See. Sex work that is okay, not fair. the reality and is not an accurate objective no, picture sure, yes. of it whatsoever. Yes. But I'm just saying I wasn't like ah prostitutes the way you were just trying to depict me. Yes, well it, I'm also depicting ago, myself, I'm which depicting I'm like myself. what eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, a young young woman. Yeah, and I wasn't shaking my fist at okay, the sky. Good. Hey, yeah, good like, for, good for you. <laughs> I'm proud of you. 
I'm marrying a woke bloke. I, but that stop saying that because that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just because I wasn't shaking my fist at the sky. So you're saying there were other things. Bloke. You're saying there's, there's a other... spectrum. There's a spectrum <laughs> between railing against sex workers and being a woke bloke. Okay. And I was somewhere on it. Okay, good. You were on the spectrum. Of course. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. In terms of the boozing of this movie, yeah. I think also why I think it is, why people are like, it's an interesting story, yeah. is because I think Cage plays it so well. In terms of, he doesn't glorify the drinking aspect of it. He's horrific. Like, mm-hmm. he is very scary most of this movie, and goes into bouts where he's like very poetic, and like very lively, and dancing, and like cool, per se, or funny, but most of the time, he's horrible to, like, look at, to gaze upon. But you, like, really pity him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He's so pitiable. He's yeah. so... He's... I mean, this is where I'm, like, he really is a wonderful actor. Because he can take these roles that maybe other actors would make, it, like, into something almost too grand here. Right? Like, whoa, to me, I'm drinking myself to death. Whereas he's playing it almost, like... I don't know. It feels real. It feels like a real horrible existence. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Um, do you think, or do you know, if you looked up, if he at all was actually drunk or like how he kind of prepared for this? We're kind of jumping into the Nicolas Cage of it all here, but I feel like this is a big Nicolas Cage episode. Yeah, this is when he wins, this is when he he wins, wins the, the uh, Oscar. I, he also wins the Golden Globe. He also wins the Golden Globe. Uh, that's a, hey, that's not an easy feat. No, Sometimes no. You, you get screwed if you win that Golden Globe. Oh, They're like, they <laughs> no Oscar for you. You got it. <laughs> yeah. But Double Trouble, Double not trouble. bad. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, um, it, it looked like, again, the same interview with Roger Ebert, um, that he was saying, one thing I liked that he said, uh, Nicholas Cage said, is that he had talked to lots of drunks and they said, like, the stomach. The stomach shrinks and contracts like a fist and alcohol is like this injection that goes into the body and relaxes the stomach. Mm-hmm. So when you don't have, like, it's tense, it's constricting and all stress, so he said his, his performance largely came from the stomach for him. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a cancer is my <clears throat> horoscope. That's The stomach is our organ where we feel a lot of the stuff. So that's why I'm always having the stomach Cancers ha- do... Signs have uh, organs. organs that are affiliated with them. Yeah. Don't yeah. start screaming at me. And I don't know what yours is. So don't try to ask me questions about it or get into it. This you don't need to be scared. You don't need myself. to be scared. I'm just but asking I'm, you a question. I'm, but it, it's just, it's, don't get me on a tangent when I'm trying okay, to okay, get okay, through okay. a couple. Keep going, keep I've going, got like five thoughts. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go through. Let's get through. I don't have time to get into the zodiacs. So he says, Nicholas Cage says he watched Albert Feeney in Under the Volcano. And he asked Figgis, the director who had worked with Feeney on a different project, uh, was he really drinking? Figgis calls Feeney, says, were you really drinking? And he said, no, I wasn't because it's impossible to do that with a schedule and you have to be there and show up for work and you can't gamble like that. And Roger Ebert says, well, you couldn't really control your acting if you were drinking. Cage says, right, that would be an example of method acting going too far. Mm-hmm. So taking that and then taking what I saw in a different interview with Figgis, the director, who said that Nicolas Cage was getting drunk at night and practicing, and that he did a research stint in Dublin for two weeks, getting blackout drunk and having someone film him yeah. so he could learn that stuff. It doesn't sound like he was drunk on set, mm-hmm. which is exactly what I like to hear. Yeah. You know that I'm like, <clears throat> like drinking to act is not acting. Correct. Is, and I'm still like, I, that's not to say, I think you could have a drink in a scene. Uh-huh. I'm not saying you can never be drunk or, or inebriated yeah, yeah, yeah. on set. That's not what I'm saying. Uh-huh. But I'm saying you can't be falling down drunk for yes. this character for this role to shoot the whole film. And yes. When you're on, you are going up to work and everybody's on set around. Yeah. You. So the idea that it is more of a performance also then that's I can get behind. Yes. I can really get behind. Yeah. I be like, would kill to see these tapes of Nicolas Cage blackout drunk that he just studied himself to find his like speech patterns. I'll say I would not want to watch that. I bet they're really scary. They would make me so totally scary. They'd be so scary. I'd be like, oh god. Another thing I fall down. I saw in, in terms of his drinking oh. um, was that before scenes he wouldn't drink, but he would sometimes like rub his lips with whiskey. Mm. Um, 
or like swirl it around in his mouth and spit it out so that the taste is there, which yeah. can just like kind of get you in that yeah. mindset. Yeah. Um, he also hired a drinking coach, <gasps> which is um, it was a poet. I have it written down here somewhere. Now I'm the one who's looking for something. Uh, Tony Dingman, who is a poet. Tony Dingman, who he would just like have around to like kind of coach him on his drunk. And he, Tony was drinking. And so he was able to kind of look at Tony. And sometimes Tony would say things that he would just then like bring on to. The... I would watch a movie that's the making of this movie. Nicholas Cage being like, I know a guy. Tony Dingman. Dingman. He's a poet. He's going to help me get through this movie. Yeah. Like some... Someone else great. he mentions as having taken inspiration from for this is Dudley, Dudley Moore and Arthur. Arthur. We watched Arthur together yes. for our LB shout-out. LB shout-out. Uh, shout-out to LB. All the LB reel is here. I think Emma Steinkeller picked that movie? Probably. I think so. Probably. Yeah. Definitely an Emma movie. Sounds like an Emma movie. Um, Emma is the sister of Teddy who has been on the who's show. Who's been on the show. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. Emma was supposed to be supposed the guest. Supposed to be the guest. Supposed to be the guest for It Could her, Happen to You. Mr. Yeah, but it Could Happen to You, which was referenced in our in our sponsor spot for That's right. Wow. So Any, lots of lots of stuff happening here. getting filled in. Um, I want to, since we've been talking about it a lot, Tell me. I want to play just a, a portion of Nicolas Cage's uh, Oscar speech okay. here um, for everyone to hear. Which portion are you going to play? Where he talks about how much he loves acting. Oh, nice. Wait, wait, wait. Before you before you play it, just let's just do an overview of, in the speech he does this thing. Just, who, who does he think at the end is his, his son? His son, Weston. His, just one. He only has one son at the he time. He only has one. He says, Weston, you know. Your says, daddy's on TV. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Oh, boy. Three and a half million dollar budget, some 16 millimeter uh, film stock thrown in, and I'm holding one of these. I have got to thank the members of the Academy for this for including me in this group of super talents and, and for helping me blur the line between art and commerce with this award. I, uh, I uh, well, I, I know it's not hip to say it, but I just love acting and I hope that, uh, I hope that there will be more encouragement for uh, alternative movies where we can experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. So basically he just talks about how he says it's not very hip to like acting, but and that for me, I'm well, like. Well, it's not very hip to say it. To I say think, it, yes. I think, people I think can like love acting. Everybody loves, or not everybody, but many people yeah. love to act and play a little pretend and get a little attention, and and then it ends up not being cool to be like, I love to act because because it's like, yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah. But then, but it and then it is kind of nice that Mr. Big Weirdo, when he gets his big award for acting, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm gonna. Say it. I it's love nice. acting. It's I, nice. I think it makes for... I think part of it is Nicolas Cage doesn't do that much directing. He'll direct one movie in his entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, he produces a few things. But I, would, I would say that he uh, helped direct... Um... He helped direct Trapped <laughs> in Paradise. Yeah. Which we can thank Trapped in Paradise for this film because he says... I was so miserable on that shoot that when this script came in, I wanted to do something real and serious, mm. not bullshit like Trapped oh. in Paradise. <laughs> so we can, if Trapped in Paradise gave us anything, mm. it's his Oscar mm. for doing this movie. Oh my goodness. Something to think about. Something to Lots think of swirls about. going around today. But it is nice that he loves to act because I think sometimes I've been feeling like these roles are a little bit like groaning, grinding mm-hmm. through, like ugh, showing up or, or like are pretty miserable. And then it's nice to hear, again, another line from Nicolas Cage is talking about how this is John O'Brien's suicide note. Mm-hmm. Like, like getting into that head is tough. To get into the head of a man who wants to kill himself is not my M.O. I like <laughs> being alive. And when I like... And this idea that Nicolas Cage is a tortured, tormented soul who's yeah. like, who's working very hard um, to display the terror and horror of alcoholism, um, but it's also in pursuit of what he loves. He really loves acting and studying people and studying the human experience yeah. and expressing it in a larger than life operatic way that was i think that was when earlier you were trying to be like it's so real and you were staring at me and i was just like i was just like that's the sort of thing that like 
it's sort of like when my mom was saying Moonstruck is so real, <laughs> is like, I, I'm like, it doesn't feel real to me. This isn't my style of realism that I lock in on, mm-hmm. but I can understand how others are like, it is capturing a very real emotion yeah. or experience or expression for me. Yeah. But for me, I was like, no, it didn't feel real, but I don't want to poo-poo. Sure. Thank you for not poo-pooing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk just more about the film in general as well. Tell me. Um, this The movie opens, if I'm not mistaken, on him going through the liquor aisle with a shopping cart. He's in, like whistling or He's whistling. Or it's an incredible opening to this movie because it is showing the, like joy factor to drinking yourself to death almost of him like he's not drinking depressively all the time well, if that makes sense uh, i don't know i don't know you're you're getting you're, i'm getting too much into you're it getting too, well you're getting too i'm like you're clambering up too high and i'm like get down from there okay sure where i'm like <laughs> I, I i i agreed where i thought i wouldn't say incredible i was like this is fine but i did think <laughs> i did a great um, I had, Mr. Holderman, rest in peace, uh, was an English teacher of mine in high school who taught me short story mm-hmm. and about how you can tell when it's going to be a great short story when the first paragraph like sums up what the entire short story is going to be. And like, wow. and um, uh, uh, Kurt Vonnegut is really good at that. Yeah. And I felt like having him like waltzing, whistling through the liquor store. I thought it was scary. I think I think that's what you saying the word joy. I'm like, I wouldn't say joy. It was scary. It's like it's menacing. He is like delightful, whimsy, mm-hmm. like like interesting and stuff. But but it's scary. And uh, the opening, I think, is some probably the best part of this movie. Of this movie, it has a full 15 minutes of film before we get to the credits with Mickey mm-hmm. opening up number one billing in the credits. Mm-hmm. But before that even happens, we have the liquor store waltz. Um, we have one of uh, his first like deep spiraling down, and the sound cuts out, which yeah. I'm such a sucker you for a lo- sound You're cut. such a sucker. I love it. I love when you see people like <laughs> screaming on screen and there's no sound going instead. I feel like that gives you the space. That for me gives the space for me to like layer in reality. Mm-hmm. And you know the other sound cut that I'm obsessed with. Tell me. Is the Star Wars? I think it's Last Jedi when they yes. they're on the ship and this and you just Ryan Johnson just cuts the sound yeah. out for that. I was like, Chef's kiss. Yeah. What an artist, genius. <laughs> it's never been done like this before. Um, There's. Oh. I, I was about to say, are you also a fan of the sound? Which I think is part of when you're drunk, like how you cannot hear people and hear people when he's at the bank cashing his big check. Um, and like the teller is speaking, but he's kind of monologuing into a tape recorder. But it's almost like nobody can hear him, but he can't hear anybody else. Do you know that moment? I sort of know, but I feel like the people were listening to him. The people in line were like staring at him, listening. So it wasn't like nobody could hear him. But like it seemed like his the teller couldn't hear him though, the because he was like, I want to fuck could. her and take but her the, home. But the people in line were looking at him okay. like, oh my God. Okay, and gotcha. she was just with with uh, helping someone else, so gotcha, she gotcha, didn't gotcha, hear gotcha. it. Okay, but, fair. But I was, no, I was going to, that's that's much later. I was going to say the, my, my third and final in the 15 minute opener bit that I love is mm-hmm. that she's getting, he gets fired from his job because obviously he's visibly yeah. drunk and shows up and he, and he does an, I'm sorry, like a little boy, mm-hmm. like, like he doesn't fight <laughs> at all or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just goes like, I can't, I, I don't want to do an impression of it, but it was very jarring, mm-hmm. very, um, you, you almost want to laugh cause you're uncomfortable, but then it is very pitiful and sad and yeah he's a good actor he's good at being pitiful he's good at being someone to pity like he can take a monster or like monstrous behaviors and make them like like a real person you know that you don't hate Maybe try stating it as it is your opinion. When you try to flip it back on me, like you know, and you, get me to Christina, agree with you, you right agree. Away, I'm like, agree. I don't know if I agree with that right <laughs> well, away. I, that's how I feel. I guess that's <laughs> yeah, how I that feel. is how you feel. So say, and then I'll be freed. Yeah, but but uh, when he was really scary, going into the bank teller situation when he was sober, 
when he had no money to buy liquor. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. I wouldn't even call it sober. I would call it withdrawal. Withdrawal. Like, sure. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, anytime he was in withdrawal. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. Like, Very it's scary. it was nauseating almost to mm-hmm. watch him. Um, I've seen people like that come into Javista. <gasps> That's very scary. It's never, never it a good time. For, Javista. for the uninitiated, is a coffee shop on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> for in the Angeles. uninitiated, <laughs> for those who have not been initiated into my resume. <laughs> Your resume. <Hey. laughs> um, yeah, I think we also, in talking about this film, it would be a crime not to talk about Elizabeth Shue, who plays Sarah. Definitely. You would agree? I would agree. Okay. I would agree. <laughs> um, I think she's fantastic as this prostitute sex worker. Um, she's referred to only as a prostitute or a hooker in the film. Sex yeah. worker is but we'll not even say, a term. We'll say, we'll say sex worker yes, for, the, for, the, for the purpose for, of yes. this podcast and for getting the modern people more accustomed to yes. that, that vocabulary. But, but in, in defini- the mo- they, they never say they never sex, worker sex worker in the movie. Yes. She she had brought to do with a pimp and yes. Like she, so she had not Elizabeth Shue hadn't really done like roles like this. It's not like she was a big um, I don't know, erotic film or like you know mm. like sexual uh, situations on film kind of actress. Okay. So it's it's pretty like it's it's pretty um, I guess what's the word that I'm risky I guess mm. to do something like that. You know, like it's a shake up of your image. I think she does a fantastic job. She plays. Um, this sex worker as like a three-dimensional person who like has both her own feelings and needs as well as um, like feelings about Nicolas Cage. Like I think she's, she gets nominated as well for mm-hmm. Best Actress. But well, she doesn't win. She doesn't win. Tough. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think she does a good job. I think I thought a lot of it was too flat for me, but but there there is a monologue that she has where it's a close-up on her towards mm. the end of the movie and Nicolas Cage is eating some ice cubes with some chopsticks um, <laughs> and it surprisingly still doesn't distract from how good her monologue yeah. is where that, that it's like it's so close mm-hmm. it is she's so still in her body and yet she's expressing so many emotions mm-hmm. and like that was a great freaking monologue. It was a great... That was really good. Yes. You want to know something crazy? Oh, let's hear it. You know all those scenes that are kind of intercut with her? And it looks like she's either talking to a therapist or a friend. Yeah. Those did not clock for me until I was rereading the plot of this movie. And it was like, and she's at the therapist. And I was like, what Well, so the? here's what's crazy. Oh, tell me. Those scenes were added in by the director. Vegas. They're from her wardrobe, like, tests. Hmm. Where they were just kind of like... Just kind of like talk, like you mm. know, like we're just kind of seeing how you look in on camera with your makeup and hair and and your wardrobe, but it was never intentionally meant to make the film. Like it was just done as like you know extra stuff, and then I don't know. He felt like it would serve the film, which it seems like it didn't serve it for you. But I thought it added a nice like, it just added more complexity to her character for mm. me. The thing is, is that my reaction to that is like, oh, you didn't plan enough complexity for your female character in like the script and the writing of the movie. So you had to just like layer in the whatever footage you had. But I, I, I think the way your, your perspective of like, isn't this fun? Isn't this a nice way to make a movie? That's totally nice. I, I'm just <laughs> having, for me, I think it's a level of control and expectations mm-hmm. Of if I was in that position, I would probably be upset and be like, I wasn't necessarily on. I wasn't necessarily like bringing the light behind my eyes, doing mm. what I would do for the character, bringing like, mm. like. I, I feel like that's part of it, though. It's like, it's so natural. It's so. Not that. Not that, oh, you're acting and suddenly you're you're on, but it's like, I think she was like, it was like, you're going to be in character and you're going to like, you know, stay in character doing this. Mm-hmm. But I think that's like what I find so I guess, but I guess I'm, about those uh, scenes. Uh, the, the, no, no, here's what it is. It's the layer I'm having is I found her very flat 
and boring. And so I'm saying she didn't mm. turn on the light behind her eyes for me. And so I'm like, I, I would be annoyed if I was her being like, I see. I'm layering in where I am both Christina and Elizabeth Shue yes, in yes, the circumstance where I'm watching being like, this was a very flat role. If she had known, she would have had more light. <laughs> yes. And you're like, no, she brought the light. She was in it. And I'm like, She got oh, nominated for the Academy Steve. Here's the thing. Here's here's my other cynic about this is that in order to be nominated and win Academy Awards, you have to do the circuit. So you have to go to all the brunches and kiss all the asses and mm-hmm. do all the talking. So when if you're doing for one, you try to rig for the rest of the team too. So if oh, you're already I getting see. the best actor and she is like like they are intertwined as the yeah. heart of this movie. Like yeah. you're obviously gonna. So you're get feeling the very cynical about it. Like if they're doing the cage, they might as yeah, well bring Shu along. Yeah, if you're doing the cage <laughs> and the director, Shu's gonna be along for. Well, it didn't it get too. nominated for best picture. It what? It didn't get nominated for best they picture. They got best director. Yeah. So that's I'm like that's I see. that's that's kind of what you yeah. do for the movie gets thrown into. I'm wow. just I'm just it, to 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 me she, she wasn't lighting any pathways. Other than that one monologue scene okay. that I said, hey. and so that's why I was that's why I was pushing back so hard on the therapist scenes because I was like Fair. that was very loosey goosey for me. But there's a scene where he's like at a desk talking, and there's a clipping or like a poster behind him, and it's or like a sign on the bar, and it's it's the whole year in, mm-hmm. and I was like that's this movie is like the whole year in. Yeah, like how long do you stay in this hole? You just keep digging it deeper. Um, yeah, I liked set dressing like that. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of wild because the film is not about like solving their problems. You know, like I feel like a lot of films are like, how are they going to get better? But there's a really really scary monologue that Nicolas Cage does where he tells Sarah, uh, Ben tells Sarah, you can never ever ask me to stop drinking if you want us to live in the same house together i feel like you're doing it too scary he wasn't even doing that 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 it was menacing but i thought it was very matter of fact i was terrified nice (laughs) i was terrified i feel like it's because you talk to me matter of fact a lot of the times and you're like that's how you should talk to someone (laughs) and i'm like it's always scary um and then they she's like yep she's like yep and so she's truly just like, I will be with you oh, as well, you die. And the, the, the letterboxed logline for this movie is, oh. I love you, dot, 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 the way you are. Yeah. And how that's very loaded because the way you the way they are comes with so much baggage. Yeah, they're broken. So they're broken He's people. broken. I guess she's a she's little broken She's kind of broken too. too. But it seems like she has some sort of violent past with her pimp, Yuri. Yeah. Who gets shot. Like there's a whole unspoken about past and then she gets violently gang raped yes in this. it's a brutal so scene I guess i'm just it's, it's a just, brutal scene it's not i mean like, but i think that's like part of like i think what is so scary about sex oh, especially yeah. back then back then 20 years ago it's not, um, I mean, that's not and still still as bad is that like there's no accountability at all if someone like like especially i guess i guess the thought is if you what have a pimp they would go after those people if they like didn't pay and assaulted you Mm -hmm. um with their gang it seems like they have like a whole Mm -hmm. gang with guns and like some sort of mafia Mm -hmm. but like just being alone like you can just get brutally raped and there's what do you even if you have the pimp you can still yeah you can still get yes and you're still getting exactly i will say though according to i think at least the director but maybe the rest of the cast too they were very. There was no intimacy coordinators at the time, mm. but the director very much was like, "If any of you cross the line and do anything more than like what we are rehearsing, I will fire you on the spot." Nice. to that that cohort of college kids, and so Elizabeth Shue apparently felt safe in those scenes, which I found to be very nice, ah, very especially reassuring. Very reassuring. because this whole thing was shot in four weeks with a sixteen millimeter camera on a three and a half million dollar budget, which. A fair amount of money, but that's still like indie movie like How many times as recently as October of this year, October fifth. Oh, apparently there's an It Happened in Hollywood podcast, which I want to check out and oh, nice. see this episode. Figus talked about how he and Nicolas Cage, neither of them were ever paid for the movie. Really? They were both supposed to get a hundred K. Wow. And that they weren't paid. Uh, and that they and that he he's like it's not a big deal because we both it, it launched us into making way more money on our next mm-hmm. movies with mm-hmm. Oscar noms and wins on our belts yeah but like I'm like 
what's going on with that? Because it That's was it was wild. it was a four million dollar budget and it grossed thirty two million dollar box office. So it's crazy. <laughs> Pay your employees, but yeah. Fine. I mean, I would take if I'm Nicolas Cage. If I'm not saying if I'm Nicolas Cage, like if I was Nicolas Cage, I'm saying if I become Nicolas Cage, would I forego a hundred k for an Oscar? Of Absolutely. Folks, like I'm he, ready for my Oscar. And and that yeah 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 that's 100 part of what it was. Uh-huh. And and that part of um Nicolas Cage paid for them to like rehearse yeah uh, in a space for a bit as well. He's pretty rich by this point, mm-hmm. I'd say, from his various projects and such. Great. He also I just have some I just have so much Nicolas Cage stuff. From yeah, here. tell me, tell me. Um, a couple of things. If you remember from Kiss of Death, for those of you who have been watching along, which. If you have been, send us an email at cageoldquestionpod.com. We'd love to know who's been watching along. Um, and we know a lot of you are listening along, and we love that you're here. But if you've been watching along, that is a gold star for you. Uh, listening along is also a gold listening star. Listening is also a good gold star. Okay. But he is beefy in Kiss of Death. Like, he's oh yeah, he's bulked up. Mm-hmm. You know how he lost weight oh, no. for this? He ate Twinkies and beef jerky. Ugh. Pretty much for, like, a few, like weeks on end. Yikes. Uh, because he doesn't look like emaciated mm-hmm. but he doesn't look strong yeah I'd say. he doesn't look like beefy <laughs> mcbeefster he also you'll notice in the film there is no point in which he eats any food mm. the only thing he eats is an ice cube ah. there's a scene where he has spaghetti but he doesn't eat it mm. and he doesn't eat the rice that um elizabeth shoes that sarah prepares for yeah, him yeah he has the ice and, cube instead and, and she even notes that he's not really eating because yeah. she goes i have some plain white rice that might be that mm-hmm. maybe you could eat mm-hmm and apparently that is a thing with, like, severe alcoholism, is that, like, you just, like, you get enough calories to sustain from liquor, but you just don't eat. And I'm like, that is so scary, horrifying. Mm. Another fun fact. Oh. We mentioned he, in the Oscar speech, he thanks people. He thanks his wife, Patricia Arquette, <gasps> who he's back with. <gasps> now, we've kind of delved into Nicolas Cage's romantic history here and there. But to give you an update, in 1987, he meets Patricia Arquette for the first time <gasps> at Cantor's Deli, which is when uh, he slash she asks for these Herculean tasks like, yeah. get me a black orchid and J.D. Salinger's autograph, which he yeah. goes and he does. Yes. Um, and there's no such thing as a black orchid, but mm-hmm. he sprays, he, yeah, he, he spray one. paints one. Yeah. Um, and then they, they, you know, have a falling out. They break up. 1995, they get back together <gasps> and she proposes to him <gasps> over the phone. <gasps> And so you see that he kisses her in that Oscar speech and he thanks her at the end. So they're back together. Spoiler alert, they, they don't work out long Aww. term. Um, he's on his fifth wife. Um, but it is nice that in that moment, they had love. Which, Aww. look, love can be a moment sometimes. Oh. Don't, but not for don't, us. No, 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 not for us. <laughs> love is, for us, love is eternal. You know, there's a there's a line in this movie uh, where Sarah says to Ben, I love you, or I like you, I trust you. And he goes, wow, that's astonishing, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. He's just good in this. I, I, can't, I can't explain it other than that he's just, like, giving a very memorable performance. Stop, stop, stop. You already said it. I'll say another, another scene that I like that he does with her is uh, it's their first scene where he has her back in his room uh-huh. where he has, he has solicited her services, but she learns it's not for sex, it's for companionship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she starts, she starts, like, listing the very explicit sexual acts that uh, she has on the menu. Um, and he's like, Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> like he's doing very funny reactions, yeah, which is silly. Um, and then do you remember there's there he's like singing and he's like octopusy, octopusy, Bill Cosby. Yes, <laughs> that was weird, shocking scene, shocking little song that he had. Yeah, but I think that's like that is what being drunk is is like yeah. you just do like yeah, sometimes yeah. random yeah, things yeah, yeah that's i'm saying that was a good, good scene stuff, good where stuff. he was good good acting but i would say but there's just you're like oh it's so good and i'm like cool it this movie ends 
with a slow-mo eulogy freeze frame. Yes. Like, that's so yes. embarrassing. Yes. That, that but, is so But that's not, that's not acting. That's, 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 that's talking about the, that's the directing But I'm just situation. saying, don't, I, I He's not slow-mo freeze framing in, in, in his acting. I know, He's not like. I know, but it's, <laughs> I was just like, oh, how could you? Like, what I'm like, it embarrasses scene? me. What about that it long embarrasses scene, scene me. where he freaks out and he flips the poker table? Yeah, really that scary. was crazy. That was That's crazy scary. scary. That's scary. That Nic- was really scary. Nicolas Cage says on a 16 millimeter camera, yeah. it's easier to be a good actor. Yeah. Did you see that as well? Yeah, he said he's less intimidated <laughs> by having the big uh, Yeah, yeah, it's not a big camera. It's just a small little camera yeah. and he goes and it picks up on your choices. Nice. And nuances. I was like, nuances. I love it. I love I, that. I, I wanted to get a 16 millimeter camera and we, 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 let's make movies on it. Me and you? Yeah. 16 millimeter? <laughs> yeah. Let's make some movies, make Christina. Movies. 16 millimeter. Make, make a movie. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Um, do you remember the last time you were really drunk? Do you have any memory of that? Shut up. We <laughs> both know what it is, which is that I unfortunately got too drunk at Vache and Linda's wedding. Oh, yeah. Brutal. And your whole family and extended family was like, whoa, look at that drunk white girl. <laughs> I think someone's sick in the bathroom. And I yeah. was like, please. I'm scared. Yeah. Tough. Shameful. What Shameful. about you? It was my birthday. Oh, you were so naughty. It was a fun night, though. We were dancing. <laughs> I did some Armenian dancing out, like, on the porch uh, yeah. this bar. It's hard. When everyone's buying you a drink for your birthday, <laughs> can't say no. you can't say no. You can't um, say no. You can. Um, you, can. <laughs> you can. You should. You and, should but, say. you know, I've it's your birthday. It <laughs> um, but Jeremy Colhane, who was our guest <gasps> last week... Also got really drunk he that was very evening. Drunk. We both had he alcohol poisoning the next day. Oh, his wow. sweet his sweet girlfriend Christina was like, "Are they okay? Should I take them to the emergency?" And I was like, "They're pieces of shit. <laughs> they are dumb idiots who did this to themselves." Oh yeah yeah. But uh, um, I I don't know why this matters. You know how I'm always like, "Oh, where are you repped?" Shaz like, "Kylie, you're repped at WME." You know who else is repped at WME? Who? Nicholas Cage. Really? And that's only as of 2018. Because wow. I was interested. So in an earlier scene in this movie, he's uh, when he's he's been fired and he's going to move from Los Angeles to Las Vegas and he burns all of the possessions in his home. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he's burning, or some of the things he's burning, is like ICM and CAA. Yeah. Uh, like, like contact i don't know what it is but it's clearly like he's burning those relationships and those bridges and he burns his passport like those are the big like the and, big three that he's and, and the a picture, family photo yeah, the but, family photo well the family photo is shocking because it shows he has a son yeah he has a son he has a wife and son well it, that doesn't shock me that's always <laughs> that's part of that's always part of the alcoholics journey is they're like i have a family i can't see i can't well, be a I father like do i gotta mourn that yes, so that's yeah, not I wait like i don't want to okay, talk okay, no, about that i want to talk about his representation that's what i care about that's what i don't care about your family and your son i'm like where are you wrecked where are you repped? Because at the time of the shooting, I think he was repped at CAA. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was part of interested in. And I was looking into his stuff, and it seems like he's been repped um, by the same management place mm, nice. for a really long time, Good which is him. Stride Management. Um, and the only other like big name I recognize there is Shannon Purser of Stranger Things. She plays oh, Barb. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, repped at his lawyer's. His law firm is also the law firm that is embroiled with Johnny Depp as their former client that they were suing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Nicholas Cage credits himself with telling Johnny Depp to To get get into into acting acting. when he's a musician. Yeah. So I just, that's the stuff that I care about. I like the like behind the scenes, what's going on in Hollywood, like layering into the scenes. Well, I don't care about a picture sure. yeah, of the mother and the son. That, exactly. What's going on? You don't care on. about the movie. You I care don't about care. Hollywood. I, uh, Hollywood. <laughs> well, Hollywood. you know who he beats out for the Oscar here? Let's hear it. His sometimes friend, Sean Penn. <gasps> you, you, wow! You know, Sean Penn racing with the moon. Racing and, with the moon. And, um, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And... That's the only movies they've made together. Great! <laughs> <laughs> But Sean Penn has been in plenty of other movies as well. Yes, yes, yes. But I mean, those are the movies that he was the bigger role. Like he would have been. We were like, wow, he really outshone him in those roles. Now he beat him for the Oscar. Turtle beats the hair. Wow. And I am a slow tortoise. I'm like, he's not a turtle. He's a lizard in a top hat. Remember. That's right. He's a lizard in a top hat. And I guess a lizard in a top hat 
Could also be their hair. Also be their hair, yeah. Um, but I think at this point we can easily start moving into the ratings unless you have. Moving, well, let's so let's do. We're doing. We're at final thoughts. So let me let me look at yeah, my notes and see else? if I have any final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Oh, I guess there's one scene that I'd be remiss not bringing up, which is they uh, Ben and Sarah take a trip out to the desert from Las Vegas to some small inn to like have a bit of a getaway after they have too much going on in Vegas. Um, where they have this like pretty raunchy scene, uh, where he in his like fantasy is like I'm drinking liquor. Oh off your yeah, body. and oh, so sorry, they I do just, that. I just shouted over you. It's, but it's... he's drinking liquor off her body. She's like pouring whiskey. It's like pretty sensually shot. It's pretty cool. Um, and then they break a glass bottle, and the inn owner comes out and is maybe honestly the if if. Everything that Nicolas Cage does is terrifying. Nothing is more terrifying than this inn owner who comes out and is like, don't worry about it. You're never going to come here again. What did she call them? Do you remember? No, it was so scary. It was I so scary. And she goes, you're going to be like, out the first thing in the morning. Yeah. You guys are like disgusting. Like it's like, and she, she says everything with a like sickly smile. Yeah. Very terrifying. <laughs> it's, it's, it was pretty muted. It was good. It was scary. Yeah. It, was, it was, yeah. But it is because it's like, it's shot like, a music video. Yes. Like, it's so sexy and, like, lovely. The sun is, like, it's, shining. It's a close-up. Yeah, yeah, the light is perfect. And then they, like, cut to the wide wide frame, and it's, like, you could see the motel parking lot in the back room. They're at the pool. There's, like, weird little astroturf on the ground. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't even realize where they were. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. The other thing we've forgotten to mention mm. um, is, do you remember the landlady? Who oh, her? yes. And you remember who plays the landlady? It's uh, Lori Metcalf. One of my co-stars. One of your co-stars. <laughs> right, I've been right. a part two. Yes, I'm, I was on an episode of The Connors. I acted across Laurie Metcalf. She said, you're very funny. <laughs> and she's amazing. She's amazing. In this. Well, it's crazy. We didn't, we didn't recognize, recognize her. her. No, she was but much I did, younger. And... I did. As soon as she comes on, like I think her first like big scene is Nicolas Cage is passed out drunk in front of the uh-huh. gate at, to the, get into the apartment. Yeah. And she's called her husband and he has his golf club. I don't know what they're going to do. Like yeah. beat him off the premises. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she's, she's doing so much work like but not stealing the scene but chewing it up mm-hmm. all in the background. Yeah. Like that I was clocking her and I was like, that woman's doing a great job yeah. of like being interested in me. And it's Laurie yeah. Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf. Freaking amazing. I feel like she, I, I mean, I don't know because I don't know her full history, but I know she has like launched into the zeitgeist after Lady Bird, but I'm sure she, she's been around since then. I think, oh, and she's I think been she's, around. But I feel like... She's launched into the millennial zeitgeist. Yes, I guess, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. She's been around. Yeah, she's been around. It's not what I wanted you to say about Laurie Metcalf. I want to say something respectful and absolutely. She's a very uh, professional, talented actor. Ah. One of my co-stars. She's great. I did see her on the lot maybe a few months later when I was working on something else, and she did not recognize me, which hurt. (laughs) What? Oh, that's that's but that makes sense why you're a little cooler. Any final thoughts, Steve? Any before other we, final thoughts? I'm. I think I'm all set. I've gotten everything I want out of this. I think I've said it a hundred times, but I'm like, he's really good at this. Um, but I think that's pretty much it for me. I guess my last thing is that uh, my last sort of tangent that I want to cover is that Figus describes when he was talking about him renting the place. He says, "Nick, by the way, God bless him, eccentric dude that he is." And it's the same sort of style of speech that we heard from Moonstruck, from Cher and the director there, where they're like, God bless Nick. And like, <laughs> Nicky, he's so tormented. He's so eccentric. Like, the way they talk about him is so interesting to me of, like, he seems like a hurricane that they're all, like, our baby boy. Yes. Our tortured baby hurricane. Yes. Very interesting. Very part of what makes him, like, magnetic and pitiable mm-hmm. and um and i still think at this point he started being much more professional on set and everything i know like in his early days of cotton club that he was very destructive and like didn't know how to figure it out but he was again he was like 20 then 21 and i think he was just figuring it out 
And I feel like now he's crafted himself where he's like, I can hurricane alone in my room and figure things out mm. and then show up on set and be professional. Yes, yes. I like, th- yeah, that it's like hurricane on my own in Dublin for two weeks, yes. me and my friend. That I'll do my research on my own and then yes. I do show up to work. And yeah. Yes, I love that. I love yeah. that. That's a great point. Yeah. And I, oh, I was just going to say, I think part of, like, I think this movie, there's too much of, like, the, there's too much heavy, um, Too heavy. Couldn't. <laughs> Let's get into the ratings. You did. Well, I'm like final comments. You're like oh. this movie is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's kind of do why you, I was like do I don't think it? I could. You want to rate? Watch this a lot of times. Um, yeah, I can. I can go into a rating. It, it's weird. It's like I think this is a four, four and a half star movie. Four. Are you gonna say four or four and a half star? Let's say four and a half star. Okay, Arjun's giving it four and a half stars out of five stars for the movie. And this is where it's hard. I feel like it's a nine cages out of ten, but there's other performances I like better. Um, that might even I may have ranked lower. Like I think his Deadfall performance is way more interesting than this, but I think, uh, technically speaking, I think he's fantastic in this. I think that's a five. And I think artistically, it's a four. I think he's gone more experimental in the past, which is why it's not a five. I think he's like, he's very much serving the movie as opposed to serving himself, um, which is why I think, again, technically five, artistically four. Nine. Nice. I'm, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give him, I'm between an eight and a nine. Mm-hmm. Give him the nine. Come on. I'll, I'll give it... The nine is really because he won the Oscar. He's yeah. getting a bonus point because sure. he won the Oscar for it. What's an Oscar but otherwise, a it's a four point. and four okay, for the eight. And then gotcha. he's getting a plus one because nice. he won the award. Fair. Nine. It's it's a two-star movie. Oh, my me. God. It's Classic. two out of five star. I'm like, one star for you made a movie... Another star for, I had some scenes that I liked, um, but overall, didn't didn't land with me. Just didn't land with me. Cool. Now you know how we feel about the movie, and we'd love to hear from you, listener. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at KJOLDQuestion. You can send any emails to KJOLDQuestionPod at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast. Throw a five-star review our way. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast. And feel free to throw a five-star review our way. Thank you to everyone who's thrown a five-star review our way. For our next episode, we are watching the 1996 film The Rock. We hope you'll watch with us and listen in. Signing off, this is Christina. And our two Nazareth. We're asking you. The cage-old question. I'm steal the Declaration of Independence. I'd like to take his his face off. Oh, no, not the beat! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. <laughs>